Okay, guys. Hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 27. We got Adam Barisco in the house tonight. Um, he's a good friend of mine, obviously local Hamiltonian. Um, Adam is from Spore by Life Sciences, and he is a partner at uh, Sterling Capital Brokers, doing insurance and everything in between. Adam, thanks for coming. Of course, buddy. Thank you for having me. As always, guys, uh, we're so happy to have you guys tuning in. Um, the Guest Life Podcast has been around for over a year and a half now. We're so happy that people are tuning in, listening, and, and getting value. Um, we're on all different platforms, YouTube, uh, Instagram, um, Spotify, you, you name it, we're on it. Um, we got a great back-end team that's doing really well, kind of kind of capturing what Hamilton's all about, um, You know, grabbing the local talent, really sharing their story, and, and bridging that gap between what you think is possible and what is possible and, and really, uh, you know, touching base with this local talent and, and getting their word out there and getting their story out there and, and really sharing how they're connecting with the community, the people around and then really thriving in their businesses um, from small to medium to big. Um, Adam's going to tell a story today and, and I know it. Um, but as I learned, you know, uh, right before this recording, there's a, there's a couple things I don't know. So uh, I'm as excited as you guys are. Adam, thanks so much for coming. Of course, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Um, Sorry I didn't wear a suit, man. I've got the uh, <laughs> flip-flops on and uh, the summer vibe. That's okay. It's hot outside. I'm showing my ankles as well. You'll see in the photos. I did shower uh, <laughs> for you, though. So it's half the bottle, right? That's it. So today we're going to talk about Spore. We're going to talk about uh, Sterling Capital Brokers and the insurance game. Um, we're going to talk about a mutual friend, Jordan McCarter, and kind of how we got to know each other. <laughs> of course. Um, so we can we can do some digging there. Um, so tell us a little bit about Adam at this level and, and kind of where you're at now and kind of what's going on. Well, uh, you know, it's been uh, a long journey to get here, but I'm in, a, I think, a good place, um, both professionally and personally. Um, you know, I've really used the last two years or I guess year and a half of COVID as a, you know, an opportunity to create a new business being Spore and uh, reflect on what was and wasn't working uh, professionally and both personally. And it's been, uh, I think, a fantastic year to kind of get centered and focus on family a bit, working from home and, you know, really excited to uh, see things opening back up. And I guess the idea of human interaction that I'm sure we've all been missing a lot. Well, I haven't seen you since what a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, we saw each other on our patio. But you know, talk about let, let's start from the beginning because obviously I, I know a lot more than than the than the listeners are going to know. I mean, if you're from Hamilton, uh, Adam's involved in a lot of different community groups as well as professional groups. Um, so let's talk about how you originally got into insurance and kind of what what brought you to that game. Of course. Um, I mean, when I got out of school, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I started in downtown Toronto in photocopier sales, which for anyone listening knows is uh, a gauntlet of uh, character definition. It's uh, highs and lows and a lot of lows. And um, it inevitably led me to presenting to uh, group benefits uh, brokerage, which um, after the presentation offered, you know, if I would be interested in getting into that business. And uh, I actually had a family member who had a benefit shop down in Stony Creek. And I kind of, you know, said that there was some interest to get in on kind of like that business development or BDR role and, uh, made the call 
and he offered me a job in Stony Creek. So, you know, for I guess four or five years, I was commuting from Toronto to Stony Creek every day, which is a nightmare. If everyone knows the QEW is an absolute nightmare. Um, so you're living in Toronto, going back to Stony Creek every day. Opposite. Every I was yeah, I was going against it. But going into Toronto, there's always traffic. Yeah. Right? No matter what you do, no matter what time. So, um, eventually made the move out this way. Uh, probably about six years ago. Um, at that time, I was also starting to work with uh, Pearson Dunn and Jordan McCarter. And George McCarter, I was doing the cross-sell. So they were a property casualty broker. I was doing group benefits, health insurance, all that stuff. So um, it inevitably led to working with them. And uh, then George made the decision to bring that service in-house. And uh, I started the uh, the team over at Pearson Dunn and doing the group benefits. So, you know, fast forward five years, um, Pearson Dunn got uh, acquired by a, a firm out of Toronto called Jones Brown. I was kind of working back and forth out of the Hamilton office and Toronto office. And then in 2019, uh, we were acquired by Arthur J. Gallagher, um, which is, you know, London-based UK uh, multinational uh, insurance brokerage. And you know, it was kind of at that time where, um, you know, you uh, I guess I could have just stuck around and sailed into the sunset with a big corporation. But um, there were a lot of bureaucratic issues that faced uh, my business directly. I mean, you know, I got no bad qualms or bad things to say about Gallagher. They're a fantastic firm. But uh, for me and what I was looking to get out of the position, um, it just wasn't for me. So... I made the move two years ago to Sterling Capital, and uh, which is a privately owned firm, largest privately owned uh, insurance brokerage in Canada now. Wow. Um, and just, you know, powerhouse ownership group and really a young company, a uh, company that had only been around for eight years, but uh, a tech insurer. So it was kind of uh, a no-brainer for me to take an opportunity there, and I've been there ever since. And uh you know, it's been a fantastic ride so far and look forward to continuing that ride uh, with uh, Sterling. That's amazing, man. So it's interesting, like photocopier sales brings you to an opportunity where you're kind of, you know, approached and then you're approached. So the company that you went with is not the company that you ended up getting approached by, right? No, 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 not yeah. at all. It was just the opportunity and now you start, you know, spinning the wheels and saying, hey, you know, I know a guy that knows a guy. Well, I mean, insurance is one of those industries where no one really thinks it's a great career path, I guess, until they work inside of it. Yeah. And the amazing thing about insurance is I never did the property casualty or the like home and auto and any lines like that. I did all corporate. Um, but every business needs corporate insurance services. So it was almost like I wish I knew what I knew now when I was uh, just getting out of school because I probably would have started insurance earlier. Like I, I love insurance. It's yeah. kind of the way I approach everything in life. And uh you know, I, I always say I can sleep at night because I'm selling the type of insurance that people need. And uh, as corny as that might sound, it's important to me and it allows me to kind of get up every day and make sure I'm doing my job. Yeah. Well, I know like, uh, you know, anybody that owns a business, you know, especially this day and age, like the, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. You know, when a catastrophe happens at the end of the day, it's, it's such a value add when you know that you're insured properly, whether it's a vehicle accident or property damage or, you know, some sort of liability. And, and this day and age was, I'm sure, with the tech stuff, yeah. um, 
you know, it's like, we, you know, we all know we're insured with Visa, but what about what happens if your dad is stolen? Of course. Right. Uh, I remember talking to a guy in Florida, actually talking about <laughs> that. He had a, he had a business where he, he came up with security for software fraud. Of course. A huge booming industry right now. Yes. Cyber risk is one of the biggest markets right now. Yeah. It's something that like, you know, I guess we, I think it'd be great to segue. Just, do you have any information on that? that we could talk about? Of like, course. I mean, cyber risk, I think is like something that. It just seems like, you know, we're a, we're a web-based platform. Yeah. Um, so it's like for us, it's like, well, if, if QuickBooks gets hacked, like, I don't think anything we can afford is going to help. But um, maybe you're right. It well, no, it's, different. it's funny, man. I remember like six years ago, cyber risk was type taboo almost. Like people just didn't want to see it. You didn't want to see your broker talking about it. It was almost annoying uh, to, to some clients. And, you know, as we... Certainly over the last five years of transition to more cloud-based and just more tech-focused business operations, yeah, the exposure's grown 10x, right? And, I mean, you probably see in the news once a week, once a month, someone's been hacked. And I think it's one of those spaces where no one wants to pay insurance premiums until they need it, right? We all know that. I get it. Um, even being a biased broker, I, I still I get it. I can appreciate from cash flow and operations standpoint no one wants to spend money on it, but in the event of claim, in the time of claim, when you have it, you're glad you had it. And if you do it properly and get the coverages that are, you know, specific to your business, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing to have. And the reinsurance you you essentially need to sleep peaceful at night if you're a business owner, right? Yeah. Well, we've been there for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Water and construction. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and on the on the health side, I mean, with health insurance, it's like no one wants to ever think of, of death, right? Death is a morbid topic. And, you know, you kind of think like, you know, I'll give you the scenario of the generic 30-year-old man. He thinks he's invinci invincible, right? But things happen, whether you're at work or at home, right? I mean, you know, having adequate coverage to take over your debt exposure for your family uh, I think it's an important thing to go through. And the exercise of going through disability, critical illness, or life insurance are all valid. Yeah. Whether you think you need them or not, it's just one of those things you should be checking. Uh, you got to check off that box for your peace of mind, man. So, That's it, man. Yeah. So when we talk about how we know each other and we talk about connections and um, and, and talking about Adam as, as a whole from, from someone that might not know you, he's a guy that knows everybody. <laughs> so... In Try to learn from Jordan, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one knows what he does, but people know what you do now. So how does, you know, how do you talk about your connections and, and strengthening relationships for, especially for somebody, you know, giving advice to somebody coming in, how important is that to building a great long-term business? Cause you haven't been in it for a couple of years now. You've been in it, you know, you're long-term and, and it's like, you know, Anytime you connect somebody or you're pulling a connection from somebody else, you feel like that's everlasting. How have you kind of built that over the years? Um, I actually think network is the, I mean, fundamentally for sales, it's probably one of the most important things to focus on. I mean, um, you know, Dan, we've had the conversation where you can't just get instant trust with a client. So you have to establish it and you do that through sound advice. You do that through, you know, length of service, but ultimately taking care of your clients. And when you look at your network, everyone can go and sell you something. But if you go kind of above and beyond for people and connect the dots, um, it really opens up the door to strengthen 
that relationship or, or create loyalty. And I think the one thing that's um, unique with insurance is it, it's probably the thing I like the most about insurance is you don't just, it's not just a typical KYC, like know your customer. If you take the time to actually understand the business you're working with, your client, what they're going through, how they approach risk, how they approach compensation benefits, things like that, you have such a deeper understanding of what what makes them thrive. Yeah. And if you're willing to do that work, um, you have such a better understanding of, of that business. And it just proves always to be, you know, give you so much more in that relationship and create that long-term relationship. And I always find with network, if I know someone that can benefit from knowing you, why wouldn't I introduce them? Right. Whether it leads to business, that's entirely between those two parties, but why not open up the door for people? Uh I'm not just your broker. I want to be your broker that also can bring you business potentially someone that, you know, understands what makes you move and says, ah, he's a good fit to meet this individual. And I think by doing things like that, even if it doesn't lead to business by doing things like that and kind of embedding that in your culture and your, or sorry, not your culture, but your character, it just leads to, to better relationships with everyone. And I mean, I would go and do five referrals even without a deal because it's sometimes in most cases going to be the right thing to do. And I like seeing people thrive around me. I love when my friends succeed. So if I know you're a good guy and I know this individual is a good person and you guys have similar values or approach to business, I will open that door 10 out of 10 days. And that's kind of always stuck with me. And, you know, I always started with, Let's do LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great tool. And if you use it effectively and don't bother people, um, <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. Ooh, a key point there. <laughs> don't bother people, especially people that are busy. You got to, yeah, you got to know. I mean, again, that falls into timing, but you got to know when to approach people and what's a relevant talk, topic to approach them on, right? Everyone calls you every day. Every business owner gets the same calls. Oh, I can save you money. I can save you money. I can save you money. I can save you money, but if it's not sustainable, I haven't done my job. I've just got in the door. So, you know, going back to the network side and something like LinkedIn, like use it effectively. Use it to follow your prospects. Use it to follow businesses that you want to do business. Follow your existing customers. Be aware of what's relevant to them and what's going on in their world. You know, I think something is a simple gesture of wishing someone a happy birthday or congratulating them on any type of news. Those are the little things where you're celebrating those little small wins with your customer, but it, it instills that level of trust that you care about them, right? I mean, I've said to you a couple of times, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's a real thing. And totally. I think that's something that like, if you live by that in sales, you'll do well. <laughs> Easier said than done, I suppose. Yeah, great, and great advice, you know, and, and being genuine is, is such a great way to be honest. Of course. Right? Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, you know, it, it goes through with with how successful you've become o- over the years and, and talk about how that success has kind of given you the ability to get back. And, and you know, something I just learned is, is um, Adam's on the board of the uh, Alzheimer's Society. So tell us a little bit about that. I'm, I'm blown away. Uh, you know, we talked about it before. My mom, uh, Wendy, does uh, chair yoga for the Alzheimer's Society, which I'm... Fantastic. Know, yeah, it just, you know... It's a it's a soft spot for me and and my family because we've uh, we've had family members that have, have been involved with Alzheimer's and um, so yeah just just tell us a little bit about that I, I think it's always great to highlight um, well, how'd uh, you get into it and kind of 
how do you feel about you know, gonna giving back to such a, a great cause? Well, I mean, there's no shortage of causes to give time to, right? And I think especially whether you look regionally in just Hamilton, Brant, you know, all the surrounding areas, there's so many ways to give back. Um, I think it's just, do you, can you make the time to do it, right? I got uh, involved with the Alzheimer's Society, actually, because one of my long-standing clients and a very good personal friend of mine, um, she, her mother was actually on the board of directors, and they were looking for some youth on the board and, um, you know, set up kind of that introduction. And I took a position probably five or six years ago now. I mean, time flies. Um, but I got involved with the Alzheimer's Society, which was going through a pretty crazy transition of, you know, kind of regionally uh, putting a bunch of different boards together. So we now represent uh, Brant, uh, Halton, Hamilton, Haldeman, Norfolk, um, all those regions. And um, it's a fantastic organization, a very strong board. Um, you know, the Alzheimer's Society is an amazing organization led by a lady named Mary Burnett, who's the CEO, uh, Hamilton-based. Um, she does. She's one of the best CEOs I've ever worked with. Um, her pulse on the business, her pulse on the service that her team does. I mean, there are a ton of staff, bigger than you, you probably know, and plus, you know, hundreds of volunteers involved in the Alzheimer's Society. And I mean, it is one of those scary diseases that unfortunately the numbers are only continuing to grow. And I mean, obviously with things like early detection of onset dementia, I mean, it's, it's one of those diseases that to me, I had some family members go through it. Um, and it's one of the things that actually scares me. I mean, you know, heart attack, Lou Gehrig's disease and Alzheimer's are probably the three things that I try not to ever think about. Yeah. Uh, and you know, again, and as we were kind of saying before the podcast, Alzheimer's is not just about the patient. It's about supporting the family going through it as well. And I think, uh, I'm very proud of the board that we have here in Hamilton uh -huh. and our ability to offer services and programs like your mother's involved with, uh, those are the things that, that make it better and keep that organization running. And I'm proud to say that our board specifically is recognized nationally by the Canadian Alzheimer's society as one of the strongest boards. So, you know, very happy to give my time to that. Um, you know, there's there's no small feat of time, right? I mean, you got to put in your five, 10 hours a month and you got to be committed to that. I mean, it's not a paying board. It's a volunteer board. So in doing so, you have a bunch of people that are coming together to try and make a difference. And, uh, you know, I guess I rest easy at night being involved. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, I think it's just, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's such a stand up thing to be doing and as well as, uh, you know, just just supporting the community and the people involved in it, right? Like, you know, it takes uh, people like yourself to kind of come together and, and like you said, time, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking for ROI and, and sometimes ROI is a feeling and an emotion and and being able to give back because you're capable of it. And I think, uh, you know, that's what this podcast is all about and, and course, getting people man. like yourself. So thank you so much for doing that. I think it's just fantastic. And, you know, I'll let, my, I'll let Wendy know to listen in. Um, she'll, be, she'll be happy <laughs> to Shout hear. out to Wendy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so talk about the transition in terms of, Natural health products. We, we put a little plug in here, guys. Uh, if you could see Spore, um, it, it's in my cupboard. I don't know what's in your cupboard, but um, it, it's vegan. It's everything. Um, you know, a lot of new talk around natural health products and, and obviously, um, you know, working on people's health and nutrition and, and balance and, and, you know, mental health is such an important thing these days. 
tell us a little bit about your journey through Spore and that entrepreneurial spirit that you know, <laughs> thrives through you. Well, how much time do you have? Because it's, it's, it's a long story. We got, we, let's go highlights. Let's go highlights. We don't have that well, much time. Well, I was, um, you know, in working in the group insurance space, um, as most people know, drugs are such an important part of uh, Canadian healthcare plans and um, prescription drugs. Yeah, prescription drugs. <laughs> uh, and, you know, pharmaceutical drugs are always increasing. I mean, anyone that's dealt with their broker hates the conversation of rising drug price every year. Yeah. Um, but it is a reality that we work in. And now, you know, there's so many options for biosimilars, genetic equivalents, things like that, that are coming to lower these drug plans. But ultimately, you know, some of the major condition states like rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, things that are running rampant in our society, um, there's still, unfortunately, a lot of high cost drugs that people are on. And um, I started working, doing a lot of insurance in the cannabis industry eight years ago now and uh, built a very big uh, book in their Toronto office, both for commercial and benefits and um, started getting involved in the cannabis space. And that led me to a U.S. company, a biochem uh, manufacturer out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Thar Process. I started splitting my time, um, still working on the insurance side, but also being a consultant advisor for this U.S. company. Um, and they ba basically have been working in the botanical extraction space, so turning a plant into an oil. Um, for 30 years and wow. obviously like every company in the u.s they saw the opportunity to get into hemp specifically yeah and so i went down there and started leading their tea their sales team and working with them so i was commuting to the u.s every week uh 2019 so wow. doing both which was you know pretty hard uh you know you learn a lot about yourself when you're trying to balance time and you know truth be told um, I'm happy I took the opportunity to go and work in that space because, you know, when COVID hit, I couldn't get over the border. And uh, naturally, just learning so much about the botanical extraction space and supplement space in general, um, you know, that entire industry, um, I think, is growing uh, tremendously just because people are looking for shortcuts or, or, or ways to give themselves better health. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I know there's always going to be doctors out there that are like, oh, just have a healthy, you know, healthy uh, diet, you know, things like that. And that's all valid. But for someone like yourself, for someone like me, I love being able to take supplements on the side yeah. and get the, you know, nutritional value um, that my body needs. I mean, you know, fast forward into um, the beginning of, of um, I guess, COVID, which would have been March 2020. Um, I had been doing, and I'm happy to admit this, I had, I've been microdosing with psilocybin and other mushrooms for a few years now. And um, I was so fascinated by mushrooms, both on the, you know, let's say the supplement side, so legal mushrooms, nutritional mushrooms, um, and also which, psilocybin. Which these are. Yes. <laughs> and um, it, it, you know, when I couldn't get over and, the border. And just so everyone knows that psilocybin is just. It is the compound in magic mushrooms. Yeah, it with, gets you high. Yeah, with all of the therapeutic value. Yeah. So Exploring I. Exploring the brain and the Well, psilocin is the actual name of the ingredient once it's extracted, but I'm not going to get into the technical yeah, side. Yeah. But um, 
from what I had learned with our process over the past couple of years and the extraction process of taking botanicals and in, in, in really, you know, either isolating them or putting them into a formulation, um, I, you know, like anyone else, I'm sure most people are aware now, but there's a huge boom towards psychedelic therapy um, yeah. for a number of reasons and all very extremely promising. <clears throat> and um, when, <clears throat> when the pandemic started, <clears throat> Uh, there was an opportunity with some downtime and not having to travel as much. Um, I had reached out to uh, two of our other founders and uh, they were already thinking, you know, along the same line as me of, can we get in on this mushroom industry before it really hits? And I mean, it's hit now. I mean, the mushroom space has been around for supplements for five, six, ten years, even with some of the companies in the U.S. But yeah. now with all the media coverage, it's really coming to fruition. So, um so we started a business called Spore Life Sciences uh, last March. Um, really took a long time to get that business set up. And, uh, you know, that whole experience um, to where we are today has been, it was like going and doing a master's program in a year. Um, I mean, our approach to it was there's so many businesses out right right now doing the research for the psychedelic side yeah. and we didn't want to focus on that and what we wanted to do was almost a, create a cpg brand um someone that had real sales now and with the intention that you know one of the biggest failures of the cannabis industry and you know this is no disrespect to the cannabis industry the regulatory side of that industry made that industry incredibly complex and took time to really uh, evolve and now that industry is starting to move in the right direction but yeah. that industry was so focused on facilities and process and all of that when they really over you know there was a lot of oversight towards downstream sales distribution and really inevitably the the cpg strategy yeah so we were like let's focus on cpg let's create the brand now let's get the consumer let's get the clientele and in a few years time, can we then introduce something like psilocybin to our formulations that already have customers? So, you know, really as a business right now, we're focused as, let's say, a supplement or dietary supplement business. Mm -hmm. We're uh, up to nine SKUs now altogether. Wow. Um, all in the U.S. right now. Um, but we're, you know, we, we're, we're knocking at the door to do almost a million dollars a month now. That's and, amazing. And, and like... You know, it's, it's a crazy ride because when you're starting a business that doesn't have a brand at all, no brand identity, um, you know, we really took almost a full year to build out the entire business mm -hmm. and then to really start selling in, let's say, January, February this year. You know, we've gone from like, I remember our first month, we were doing a couple thousand dollars. And it was like, all right, boys, like, this is amazing. <laughs> Let's go. And, you know, this past month, we almost touched a million USD. Oh, and, my gosh. And, you know, we're kind of on a, this this path now where now we're introducing four new SKUs this month. And, you know, really hope to try and get that business up to, you know, 20 million a year in sales by next year. So it's been a ride and it's been unbelievable how much you can learn about a sector that... You know, you really think of like brands and how brand messaging and identification comes to you as a consumer. That's an amazing side of the business. But there's also so much about the process and the setup and your partners and everyone behind the scenes mm -hmm. that really puts that product in a customer's hand. And right now we're only direct to consumer. 
So our goal for the end of this year is to start to get into retail. The reason why we didn't go into retail, obviously, was with COVID. We we're very unsure what that looked like. Yeah. And for us to go to a retailer six months ago and be like, hey, carry our product. You know, you're one of 2000 businesses knocking at the door trying to get your your shelf space yeah. where now we can go to a retailer and say, we're doing a million dollars a month in sales. Like this is a product that we think you guys should carry. Here's the story. Here's the journey. And a lot of our journey stemmed from one of my partners, Mike Zavitz. Um, Mike had MS and he's been using functional mushrooms um, to and other natural botanicals to slow down the progression of his MS and to help not treat, not cure, but help. And he saw a lot of value in it. And that's kind of how this all came together. We rallied around the MS messaging. And um, now we're kind of in that stage where uh, we have five of our SKUs approved by Health Canada. That process takes forever. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, man. So we're going to be launching in Canada kind of Q1. And uh, we're now in the works. We have, you know, new formatted products. And we're really trying to expand out of just capsulated products. So just capsules. Um, getting in a different formatted product. So it's, you know, it's an exciting journey ahead. But um, now where I stand now is um, the business is up. We got, you know, lots of staff. We have lots of uh, partnering firms working with us. Yep. And now we're in a position where I'm kind of back now focused on just insurance. Yeah. And insurance now for me is the full-time full attention. And this is going in the background. And uh, we have such an amazing team at Spore. Um, you know, our, our founding partners, like they're all heavy hitter, rock star kind of guys <laughs> that can, you know, do the jobs of five individuals. So um, I'm not as in, as involved with the day to day anymore. I still try to help out with the insurance and more of an advisory position, relationship with contact manufacturer, things like that. But I'm very proud of the team and what we've been able to accomplish in a year, man. And, uh, you know, the future looks bright for Spore. So very excited and, you know, ultimately very excited to see that industry in that sector. Like I could talk to you about psychedelics for oh, all day, yeah. but you know, it's, you know, we can save that for another time. I mean, I'm a huge, a huge fan of it. I advocate for microdosing. Yep. I think it's incredibly beneficial for everyone. And uh, I don't think it should be viewed as a drug. I think it should be viewed as a therapeutic treatment and something that everyone can benefit from. So I'm not going to continue to try and drive that down your listener's throat, <laughs> but uh, happy to answer questions off offline here yeah well i think i think guys like you know the one of the reasons we we brought the show together is really just just like you know you you meet a guy like uh, adam uh you know off-site and and you talk about a story and he's doing this and he's doing that and then you hear you know photocopier sales (laughs) right and you're like how in the world did that all come together and you think hard work determination you know drive um, you know, network, building that community. And then also like on the side, you know, again, you, you, if you don't know what he's doing in insurance, you know, get to know him a little bit better, but having the time to give back to the community and really, you know, be on a board as, as, as important as the Alzheimer's society, as well as I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure you do some work with that mess that you're not kind of, you know, boasting about, but um, just, just thank you, man. I think course, it's man. fucking absolutely incredible. And, and, and there should be more, uh, more stories like yours told. Um, so, you know, we're wrapping up the the podcast now. I know, again, we could talk for hours. What advice would you give to somebody back in the day selling photocopiers to your younger self or, or someone coming up in the industry through insurance? What advice would you give? Um, 
Keep an open mind. I mean, get into insurance would be the easy high level answer because I don't think enough people look at insurance as an opportunity and young young professionals. I mean, it's a very valued industry that not a lot of people, it's not the sexiest thing coming out of university, right? Yeah. Um, but it's an incredibly fulfilling sector. And um, my biggest accomplishments in life to date, aside from my family, um, are insurance. Like I, I love that business. So, you know, not only if I could go back to my old self, but even talking to a young professional, it's, I, I think the one thing that you got to go through failure, you have to go through, I mean, everyone's heard that stuff before, right? You have to go through life approaching what worked, what didn't work. And I think, you know, when I was 35 now, but if I was talking to my 24, 25-year-old self, aside from save money, um, which is like, <laughs> man, if I if I could go back and just think of how much money I used to spend in Toronto to what I could have had in assets. Don't um, tell Jordan that. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, aside from the money side, I would say go with routines, uh, create routines, create things that you think you can maintain, always try to prove uh, or improve them, um, but create little scenarios for small wins. So, you know, it could be something as simple as writing out your to-do list for tomorrow before you go to bed. It could be, you know, committing to a gym routine at 5.30 in the morning. Um, you know, you have to try try different things. And I think... You know, something that has really helped me um, is don't be afraid to make adjustments in your life. I mean, you know, I think one of the biggest things that even myself uh, struggle with is is balance, family balance. Um, I think, you know, last year I went through a year where I was working 100, 120 hours a week. And uh, it's detrimental to your health. It's detrimental to your relationships with your family, your friends. Um, I'm glad I did it for what I learned, but that balance piece is so important. And for me, um, you know, COVID fared to, I gained a lot of weight and um, it was a lot of stress and poor sleep cycles. And now looking at it back, I've at least reflected and said, okay, gyms are open now. So I, you know, one of my goals this year, this is going to sound really stupid, but one of my biggest goals this year was don't overcommit. So don't overpromise. Like if you can't do something for friends professionally, say you can't do it. Either ask for time or come up with some formidable solution. Don't overcommit because I think a lot of people oftentimes when they're in sales, they spread themselves thin. They try to be everything for everyone. Uh -huh. And I think when you start to identify that, you know, if you overcommit and then you're you know, canceling or bailing on something, it, it's its worse than if you just swallowed that pill and, you know, just said you couldn't do it. I think that's something that I definitely wasted a lot of years in not relationships, but definitely, uh, you know, annoyed or irritated colleagues or, or friends uh, just doing stuff like that. And I think the one thing that would be the most valuable advice just get organized, right? Like have goals. No goal is too big, right? Um, I think the one thing that I've noticed a lot, and I'm not going to generalize the entire millennial class, but don't be afraid to put in your time with an employer, right? I think so many times people switch jobs for two, $4,000 raise without even doing the math on how much more do I actually gain? You know, don't get me wrong. I think people's professional experience is more important 
I'll say that again, more important than your educational past. Um, unless you're in something heavily specialized like medical or like legal, like finance, um, your experience is everything. So if you can gain and put in that shift with an employer, give them five years, give them 10 years if you can. I know it's you know, a little old school to have that mentality, but I think if you really commit to, uh, to companies and give them that three to five year of your life for professional growth that you gain and that professional experience, it leads to bigger and better things for you. And I think you really, you know, as you're going through your 20s, you start to identify what's important to you and what do you want in life. And I think, you know, I know it's a loaded question or statement to say that, but personal reflection is the healthiest thing that anyone can go through. You know, whether it's looking yourself in the mirror and saying you have to make a change or going through and celebrating your own personal wins, identify the things that you want to improve on and stick to those as goals for the year and give yourself three to five things that you can improve on as a human being every year. And I think that will lead you to better. Amazing. Well, I mean, if you can't take something away from that, you, you shouldn't be listening. <laughs> um, so again, guys, Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, brother. Um, you, you know, the story blows everybody away, including myself. Uh, again, learn something new every time we talk. Uh, also inspired every time we talk. Um, guys, the Guest Life Podcast, episode 27. Um, so grateful for everybody that tunes in. Uh, if you can like, comment, share any of the photos, videos, or, or some of the inspirational quotes that you're going to get from this, you know, it means the world to me. Um, and the rest of the listeners just kind of spread the word of, of people like Adam and, and what they're doing for this industry, this communities and, and other entrepreneurs that are coming up to the ranks. So thank you, Adam. Well, and if I can say, man, you're doing a great job yourself, Dan. It's been uh, amazing to follow your journey and your path over the last few years. I know you've been at this for longer than a few years, but, you know, for your age, um, I'm always amazed at how hard you work. And uh, I feel like we're the same age because of the camaraderie we share, but I'm always amazed when you tell me how old you are because I think you've accomplished so much at this age and I appreciate you doing things like this and putting on this podcast for people. Um, I love your path forward. I love what you want to do and I love what you mean to the community. So thank you for having me. Thank you, man. Okay, brother. Cheers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha